0: Hi, this is Mark Pope. I promoted all of In of tours in the '80s, including the groundbreaking Australian Made. And you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas podcast.
1: in excess access all areas my name is b and i will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my in excess nerd hayden murdoch we will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess sharing music tours videos albums and oh so much more
2: Well, hello, welcome to Access Access All Areas, episode one sixty four, the podcast that always aims to dive deep and all things great about our favourite band, doing with a bunch of friends, but more importantly, doing with the birthday girl today. Hello, B, happy birthday! You're not sixty four, as uh, Paul McCartney and the Beatles said. Thank, thank God for that but you don't look any older than last week. Big happy birthday, you looking You cheeky
1: bugger. Um, yes, thank you everybody for your messages. Um, I will get round to um, responding to all of you individually. It's always... Lovely um, coming through. And then, yeah, and the flowers I've just received and everything. Spinner, a really very special day, even though I've been working. So um, thank you. And I've just got a nice message from Timmy. So thank you, Timmy.
2: Always great to have birthdays, although the older we get B, the less we count. But um, I, yes. I think the exciting thing is uh, looking at our socials there. Everybody out there uh, very much appreciate what you do and wishing you good cheer. So yeah. Have the best day and have the best weekend. A recording today on your birthday, literally on your birthday. We're coming off a bit of a fun episode last week with Mark Pope, aren't we? Mm. Uh, very much sold to the earth, typical Aussie, in it for the right reasons guy. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing a bit more from him today. But, uh, uh, B, uh, how did you enjoy the chat?
1: I did enjoy the chat, uh, actually. What I got out from him, though, he's one of those men that come up with lots of phrases. Did you notice that like, he's like, oh, what was it, um, lightning in a bottle, and is um, it um, daring to dream, and and uh,
2: even the reference to Elvis, who was born the same week as Elvis's hit yeah, song.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a man of catchphrases, I would say. But yeah, he's he's a really good guy. I think he's going to be like another Marco Bits and come back on and do a little bit more with us and. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's re- well known in the industry, and everybody loves him. Yeah, a lovely man.
2: Well, as we said, I think in the interview, you have to in Australian musical circles have the name Michael or Mark mm. uh, to get a and a, Bruce.
1: You've got Bruce, met, a, Bruce yeah. yeah,
2: Bruce. They have an elevated sort of gig in the uh, the music industry, but um,
1: not many uh, Haydens and Bees,
3: is
2: that? <laughs> not many at all. <laughs> uh, although my my name often uses is the same spelling as the famous uh, composer Haydn. Okay. Um, and spelt the same way, but uh, one of the interesting things I did sort of say to sort of Bruce off air, and and I think he took it as a compliment, which I'm glad he did, is that you need really back end people behind the scenes to make the front end, which is the band and the music and the entertainment side, work. And we've often talked about Chris Murphy's involvement with the band and setting the band up to succeed by having you know deals and tours and things in place. And I think with uh, with Mark, particularly uh, you know Strain made and things like that. It's pretty pivotal in setting things up that really helped in excess and all the other bands. Mm,
3: mm, mm.
1: And if anybody saw the the promo that we put out of um, of Mark on the aeroplane, and he was saying that the backstory there is that um, one of the the um, prime ministers was it what's his name Hawk? Bob, Bob Hawk. Yep. Bob yep. Hawk was on that plane. But if you look at it, you know um, that. The, You know, they're all the same age, yet there seems to be such a difference in the maturity. And the maturity being that um, if you look closely between John's legs, there actually is a hand um, of (laughs) somebody's. And we've looked even more closer and we know for a fact it's somebody who was married. So it's either Chris or Timmy.
2: Well, the fact that you said you were looking between John's legs uh, very closely uh, doesn't surprise me, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that you uh, did determine it was a hand or something else. But um, uh, I must ask, uh, Billy, how's your in excess week been? Uh, I guess you know we know you've been had a lot of happy birthdays today, but anything come across your desk?
1: Yes, I went for a um, pre-birthday massage a couple of days ago. And honestly, she killed me, but I'm going back for more right Friday. But right. when I came out, there was the Calling Gore Nations T-shirt, which is, you know, the book's out this weekend as well. So it's all in, in part of part of that. So I got a couple of T-shirts for cotton on. They're only in the men's um, section. So go to them. You, if you buy one, you get your second one at half price. So obviously you have to buy two.
2: So you're saying there's an in excess calling on nations? Official t-shirt. official,
1: official. t
2: shirt. non
1: clothing.
2: In yes. Well On's a big brand here in Victoria Melbourne, Geelong. I think the head offices is uh, uh that obviously probably have a national name and even an international reach. So that's pretty exciting to see something official come out in those yeah. areas. Yeah. Great um, t
1: shirts. What else has happened? Um woo- Well, we've got the book coming out, haven't we? So I had my confirmation or or it confirmed that my book is on its way. Now, if you're in the US, it's actually coming by boat, so it's going to take a lot longer. But yesterday, the 3rd, was the day that everything was going to be processed and released to the war.
2: Okay. All right. I want a bit of a shout-out to uh, a new listener called John Jamin, or Jamin, Uh, depending on how you pronounce it, but uh, he's been sending a lot of really cool emails. And uh, I know for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he sent out a a, a, a petition list that highlighted all of the petitions that are in sort of change.org, that major petition group. And uh, out of about 50 acts lobbying for the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in excess of two, number two in terms of fan petition involvement, uh, only behind the Canadian band, The Guess Who. Now, some of you don't know who The Guess Who are. It's not the who, it's The Guess Who. Uh, the guests who uh, are quite famous for the song American Woman uh, were co-founded by Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings. Uh, Randy Bachman went on to set up uh, Batman Turner Overdrive in the uh, 70s, uh, but the guests who were quite a famous Canadian band in the initial stages, in excess uh over 15,000 signatures, a great little flow chart there that uh, John sent out to us. So thank you for that, John. We might post that on our socials.
1: Yeah, he's been doing a lot of data analysis and, and put them into um, charts. Um, like little charts Um, brilliant thank you John really um, so sorry we haven't been able to contact you back so much we did say that we would talk about it on air but yeah um, Hayden and I are just frantically busy at the moment but we like keep it coming give us more we love it we love it and can I have a bit of a shout out absolutely Okay. Hello to Dave Morrison. Now, Dave was on the Listen Like Thieves tour back in uh, 86. Um, He actually was um, on that tour bus that I ran after, unfortunately. I didn't get on it. So, hello to Dave. We might get him on. He said he's a bit shy, but we'll hopefully get him on too soon as well.
2: All right. Well, great hearing from Dave. Uh, B, patrons, any newbies for the week or just our normal cohort we're welcoming?
1: I think there's a few people um, having a little think about it. So if you want to be on this list, then get in touch. I'd
3: like to say hello to everybody outside on the
4: highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's
1: about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Ferriss, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin... Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, Paul Jolie, our patrons: Carmen, Renori, Carrie, and Danielle. Happy birthday for the 12th of October, and Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia Doctor Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, and Marie, Susan P, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul Buckley. Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Kelly, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Lachlan. Mandy, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, Paul P, Paul B, Alicia, Jay, John, Anne and Kathy and our special mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, Johnny Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis and Paul Boozy. Welcome to the podcast everybody.
2: All right, B. Well, okay. well uh, we're going to get our topic soon, but uh, as I said earlier, we're going to do part two with our uh, Mark Pope interview and uh, probably just a little extra dose with this trade made stuff, but really, really valuable and uh, excited to sort of share that with you. But uh, we might go back to original format, but We might actually go into our news first because it's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to uh, really do a big deep dive in the news. and. Uh, I might have the biggest encyclopedia amount of news today with some really exciting sort of releases. So I will say, uh, B, what time is it for? It's time for the news.
0: Hi, it's Dave from England,
4: and you're listening to In Access, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news.
2: All right, B. Well, uh, there's a new release coming out from in excess in November on Black Friday, which uh I guess is the very, very famous sort of day after Thanksgiving or part of that Thanksgiving weekend. But uh, uh part of Rhino and Atlantic, which are sort of the US arm of their labels. So Shibu Shibar is having it's either three thousand five hundred or three thousand nine hundred, there's different sort of amounts being sort of uh uh postured in the media, but uh uh, There's roughly around three and a half to 4,000 Shibu Bar album re-releases, which will actually cover 11 B-sides and live performances and it'll be sort of set up in a gold-type uh, record, uh, part of the sort of uh, record. Uh,
1: so uh, it's a limited edition, is that
2: what you're
3: saying?
2: Edition, okay. Rat National Record Day that uh, uh, I guess uh, Record Store Day where um, I guess it's become a massive thing. Uh, I think it started in Chicago. We've, we've talked about it on our show before. But uh, I yeah. want that. I don't
1: yeah. get it. I
2: don't get it. No, I don't know. But I did post it and saw, saw it for initially from Matthew Marsland, and then uh, shared it on our platform. But uh, yeah, uh, I do know that uh, the, that Pedro and David Gordon from the collectibles team are having a massive conniption about this new release. <laughs> uh, so it is available only in the US. So I guess for people over there or importing, uh, do your best thing. Number two, we did see on Instagram this week. Uh, Kirk's having a little media moment. <laughs> uh, he was yeah. I, I mean, he, he was doing like a, a bigger opening. He did get
1: the boobies out though, did he?
2: No, he didn't. But, <laughs> but, but, but he was very, very excited about opening up the full deluxe package and highlighting all the little things in it. And I guess as a uh, as a presentation, it really did sort of, again, serve to highlight the value and the uniqueness of the new book that's coming out. Um, as you said- mm, Sorry. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, and also I did notice on the induct page on their YouTube page, they've done a really good video too. So I would uh, suggest everyone going on to the Induct um, YouTube page.
2: Yeah, and um, we've heard a few people on our platforms say, oh, some things have been delayed, but I think you've answered that a bit earlier, haven't you? Yeah. Some things are being shipped, some things are going by air. Uh, yes. Um-
1: and also, I can add to that, I've also heard that someone was saying, because a lot of this is coming from um, the UK, that there's a lot of problems in the UK at the moment with shipments. So, you know, don't put anything onto management at this point, you know, that it, it's it's a bigger thing, if you know yeah. what I mean.
2: Yeah. So, the actual official day that it's released to the public, as opposed to pre-order, what is that date be? Is it the 16th? Yes- yesterday. Yesterday oh it's yesterday okay yeah
1: the 3rd of october i got my confirmation yesterday to say that it's on its way but you know it's going to take different it's going to be different for everybody else
2: yeah and i think going back to our interview with neil i think there's going to obviously be a second print run i think they do a certain allotment to start with and see how it's going, and I think the, the pre- Yeah, but you
1: want the first edition, don't you? Oh,
2: well, that's true, that's true. It's all about that little number in the corner, isn't it? You know? <laughs> also, too, again, I want to do a little bit of a shout-out. There's a bunch of sort of articles and things sort of going on. I know there was a great little article that I saw pop up uh, regarding a podcast, To the podcast is called Long Playing Stories, and it's actually uh, a deep dive on the X album, which uh, I always love going back and listening to those type of uh, discussions about an album, whether they're historical or historical, where they're contemporary, but uh, that's a great podcast that I look forward to myself downloading. Also, too, in Ultimate Classic Rock, which is one of the online publications, there's a great story about the great Aussie invasion. And I guess growing up in the 80s here in Australia, we had sort of men at work and we had Crocodile Dundee and we had won the America's Cup. And all of these things were living in here, John, you know, with Koala Blue and her label. There was so many sort of a, what we would call the great Aussie invasion of uh, America where, you know, it's hard to remember, but back in those days, being, you know the world was a smaller place. Uh, sorry, the world was a bigger place uh, in the sense there was no internet, yeah. Um, there was no you know proximity to information, there was no cell phones and all that sort of stuff. So when people landed over in America uh, and made it sort of big there, it was quite a difficult exercise. And I know NXS were part of that uh, Aussie invasion too. So there's a good article that talks not only about NXS, but some of those other artists and bands and movies and sportsmen and actors like Mel Gibson and things who were part of that. So uh, Ultimate Classic Rock, you will be able to find that article.
1: Actually, Hayden, when you were saying that, then you reminded me of something that you said um, to John about that graph that he put together and saying that, you know, in excess were in Australia and a lot of these bands that were um, getting a lot more data and, and higher scoring were uh, in America or in Europe. And then, you know, that's a leverage, isn't it? That in excess um, had, um, you know, would had one hand behind their back doing.
2: Correct. Other great news B, there's a website called Bokus.com. <laughs> uh interesting though, but it's uh B-O-K-U-S.com. Uh but that's a uh, I think a uh sort of a sales site. And our great friend of the uh of the program, Manny, his book has been advertised on there, B. So oh, uh it's for those who don't know, every excess song, single, B side, you know, uh deep dive track. Uh has been written up by Manny And uh, we did get a little bit of a manuscript But I can't wait to purchase that uh, Along with probably a lot of our listeners I'm sure we'll have Manny on the show as a guest soon To talk about that
1: Yes, I've asked him actually, and He said he'll come in on after Christmas Because it's going to be released in February But you can pre-order now
3: And make time Make time for your loved ones And for your dear friends too Tell them all you love them Before your time is through
2: Also, too, uh, Andrew Farris, new single out I think I mentioned the other week. I think he may have appeared on the Sunday Project uh, for an interview there. So I did sort of see something advertised. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the Project is sort of one of those uh, Australian interview shows. Uh, So, again, uh, that track and that particular discussion of song, I think Andrew's gone and done an interview for that.
1: We need to say happy anniversary to Marlena and Andrew. It's the same day as my birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy.
2: Is it 10 years? 10 years today. So happy birthday. Uh, happy an
1: anniversary.
2: Yeah, I happy. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> birthday anniversary, <birthday>, Yeah, <laughs> bloody hell! Everyone's celebrating. <laughs> All right. My ex girlfriend was born on October fourth. By the way, B. So uh, a bit that of a didn't fight.
1: last very well, did
2: it? <laughs> no, it's like, I'm, I'm glad you're balancing out a little bit. Anyway,
1: <laughs> did, uh, did I la- am I lasting longer than your ex girlfriend?
2: Well, just for the record, is not my ex-girlfriend either. So no, no.
1: Uh, <laughs> now, Don't worry, James.
2: A couple other little things here. Suicide Blonde, there's a, an, an article on Suicide Blonde, uh, the song, the meaning, everything behind it in what we call the Far Out magazine publication. So you can check that out. Uh, Duran Duran B, uh, Noel Rogers has just been on tour recently with them and Noel's coming out to Australia to play gigs and I got my Noel Rogers tickets the other day uh, to see him on October 29th at the Forum, so very excited about that. uh, There's a good article about Duran Duran who were very inspired by In original Sid. Now, legend has it that uh, on Countdown, uh, which is a famous Australian music show, our equivalent of your Top of the Pops, Simon Le Bon heard the song at a party with the Countdown host and was like, who the hell's producing that? And, uh, oh, that's the new In song. And Andrew, sorry, Michael and Simon knew each other well. And within 24 hours, Simon had got to Niall Rogers and had him come and do the Reflex uh, remix. And then He went on to do Wild Boys and, uh, you know, the You're
1: welcome, Simon.
2: And other things. (laughs) But uh, There's a new collaboration, I think a second single off Duran Duran's uh, latest album, which uh, I guess a a little patron friend of ours in LA will be very happy about. Mm -hmm. Uh, A song called Black Moonlight uh, has been released today and that uh, has Niall's fingerprints on that production. Oh, okay. All right. A couple of other little things, more news to go. Uh, Hall of Fame, uh, obviously in excess of members of the Hall of Fame in Australia for their career. But uh, some people may remember the band called Jet, who were quite big in the early to mid-2000s. They're getting inducted in November in the Australian Hall. Oh,
1: of the that's well. cool. Yes,
2: So correct. kudos to them. Yes. Uh, John Stevens, forever not uh, having time off. He must be the hardest working man of yes, he
1: yeah. He's he
2: hearing is. Australia again. He's playing any uh, and of noise work songs, so check your local guys, but he's everywhere at the moment. And also, B, there's a new cover song by a band uh, that are called – uh, Wednesday 13. Now, they're a bit of a, a hardcore metal act, like Slipknot or A Cradle of Filth, one of these type of bands, but they've just done a cover of Devil, Devil Inside. And uh, it is very, very interesting because if you compare it to another version of Devil Inside, have you heard that London Grammar version of Devil Inside? for great? we've fans? played it before. Yeah, yeah it's a fantastic yeah. song, but just interesting how one song can be played almost like a thrash metal song and the other one can almost be orchestral ballad-like. So... Uh, if you do want to check out Wednesday 13, they've done an interesting cover of, Dev, uh, cover of Devil Inside that you will be able to, I'm sure, download or get onto YouTube, etc. cetera. Okay. Birthday time, B. The most famous birthday that we have to celebrate is yourself, October 4th. <laughs> today. So we, we'll say it again for birthdays. But uh, on top of that, need you tonight, B. Just turned 36 last week. Oh, one of my favourites. Okay. Yeah. Listen like thieves. Can you say that word that phrase? Listen like thieves? <laughs> listen like thieves. A mate of mine used to call listen like TVs. <laughs> Thirty eight this week. Wow. Alana Curry. Do you know who Alana Curry is? Yes. Thompson the- Twins. Yes. Yay. Yeah. So she was the cool She was cool. She was the pale face uh, one in yeah, the but twins. Pr- t- she so, you know, married the lead singer um, yeah. rolling some things. But uh yeah, she's sixty four this week. Uh, so congratulations to Alana Curry. Uh, ironically, Randy Backer, we mentioned earlier uh, in terms of the guest, he's 80. Uh,
1: Lindsay Buckingham.
2: Lindsay Buckingham has had a birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Ferry in the last couple of weeks has turned 78. Mm. Uh, Tracy Thorne, do you remember her?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God, I love them. Everything about the girls, sixty. Yeah, they're great. The boss, Bruce Spring- Springsteen, in the last week or two, 74. You, did you have a bit of a bees in there? I did have a Bism. Yeah, yeah that's okay. That's all Bloss, right. Was 74. Gwen Stefani, 54. Oh, she's cool. Okay. Brian Johnson from ACDC, 76. A lot of cool people. He's going out tour again. <laughs> Jesus, 76. Okay, pretty... Radiohead, 55. Ooh, wow. Okay. David Lee Roth, the magic number, 69. Ooh. And Jenny Morris. Oh, yes. How can we forget Jenny Morris? How that's can we 65. forget? How, no, how, how can Jenny? you forget
1: Jenny? <laughs> Happy birthday, Jenny.
2: Now a couple other people who were brown uh, brown bread. I mean, dead. Sorry. This week we do want to uh, said a bit of a tribute out to these two people, Michael Gambon, the actor. Some of you remember him from Harry Potter and things. Great English actor. Um, he he was uh, in his eighties. He unfortunately passed away. Dad, one of my dad's favorite singers from the seventies. who was a he was a great singer. I grew up with his songs. And he's not cool. He's like daddy. You know, pop music. But a gentleman from the north of England called Roger Whittaker, who you might know of. B. Uh, he unfortunately passed away. I think he might have been seventy-eight. I think he he was uh, a great singer and uh, songwriter and interpreter of songs. Uh, unfortunately passed away. So R.I.P. to those two people. But oh. B, mm-hmm. that's the news of the week.
1: Well done, mate. Thank what's you. next?
2: All right, B. What's the time for now?
1: Time for topic of the week.
2: Hey this is Tim Ferriss. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the
0: listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job.
3: Keep it up.
2: We probably did about seventy percent of our topic last week with Mark, but we did want to sort of save, I guess, this sort of section there. And uh, obviously, it's probably Mark's most significant aspect of working with InXS, and uh, it was the Australian Made Concert, uh, which, as we've discussed before, was the first of its kind and particularly important for us as a, as a nation because excess were emerging. We had so many great bands, um, but we're we'll probably coming off a period where a lot of the, the touring companies were, were really promoting bands like Die Straits heavily. You know, different bands from overseas, Elton John, and you know, not that they weren't acts worthy of of concert promotion, but there did seem to be a little bit of an ignorance of the Australian talent that was there. So between Chris Murphy and Mark Pope, putting these guys together to set up Australian Made was a really really important sort of landmark for Australia. And you know, we've done a a whole episode or two, I guess, on Australian Made, so you can go back and check out the subtle details of the concert, but. Uh, I guess we're going to hear from Mark, you know, about that today and also just a little about it, the rest of his you know, career at the moment and what he's been working on and um, just getting a sort of a deep dive to finish off our little sort of segment. And, you know, Mark, I think as we said last week, he's got so much to sort of share. We feel like we're going to have to come back to him for maybe an episode three and four because he's just a, a lightning rod of information. So we hope you enjoyed this little sort of extra snippet today and, uh, and can sort of uh, enjoy it as much as we did.
0: It was pure naivety, pure chutzpah, and it was pure daring to dream, where together we came up with what we called Australian Made. And that was, in hindsight, it was a historic moment because it was the first of six one-day capital city festivals right around the country, all Australian artists. And that was that was the thing, we we were we were being jingoistic and flying the flag and all. We tried to get Midnight all a naval, naval bar of it, and all that sort of stuff, and eventually the bill became the bill. We were we were looking after uh, the vinyls, and MMA and Murphy were looking after the models. So we had Jimmy, we had In Excess, we had the models, we had done the vinyls, and then we had the Saints, Triffords, and Metal as Anything. I think they might have...
2: Oh, or I'm Talking, maybe? or I'm Talking,
0: yes. And by yep. the way... The young manager of I'm Talking was a guy called Ken West. Oh, who went on to do the big day out. Yeah. Ken went on to do the big day out, but he yeah. was on the tour and he saw the whole tour and all the rest of it happening and blah, blah, yep. blah. And so I think I suggested to Chris, said, because, because I've been promoting in excess and because I was managing Jimmy, one thing I'm good at is bringing like-minded people together. And I'd say to Jimmy, oh NXS dig the shit out of you, Jimmy. They love like, <laughs> Oh, really? Really? And then I go back to NXS and say, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy absolutely adores you guys, a lot of respect, blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of like bullshitting for Jesus, where it's the truth, but it's a, it's about not bullshitting, but but trying to bring people together for those one plus one equal stream moments. And I don't know how it came about, whether it was Murphy or me or whatever. But the whole idea was to record an iconic song. But if you read in Mark Opitz's book, I commissioned uh, Glenn A. Baker. I said, I want a cassette of 10 Australian songs, 10 iconic Australian songs. And Good Times was one of those 10. The band had got a copy of the cassettes and all the rest of it, and they were all going for Turn Up Your Radio. It was going to be Turn Up Your Radio. And Mark o- Opitz, thankfully, eloquently writes in his book about the fact that not that I put my foot down, but I just said, it's no disrespect to turn up your radio, but it just didn't feel right to me. Good times sort of encapsulated what Australian May was all about. We're going to have a good time tonight, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was Vander and Young, for God's sake, and it just felt right.
3: I'm uh-huh.
1: By Excess and Jimmy Barnes as well, laying down the law. Um, a bit of a deep dive for everyone there.
0: There was uh, one wild, wild two days in Ryan Oster Studios where Mark recorded the song. They wrote the B side in the studio and they recorded the film clip in the studio and magic happened. And, you know, like we didn't realize it, but we're actually promoting the tour. This is well before marketing and how to work the angles and all the rest of it it was just like it came together just organically and authentically and uh to this day it's like what is it 30 years later 35 30, years later.
2: 37 nearly
3: <laughs> it, yeah it's
2: still, it's still but that song you know sort up the charts it was like that anthem for and a, sort of a promotion for the event itself which obviously was great forecasting from you and i think You know, I was a young fella back then. I think there was just also a bit of a backlash. We had such a lot of, uh, I think, dire straits had taken off that year with selling out concerts and, you know, they were getting priority venues, access to them. The Tennis Centre was opening, I think, in Melbourne around that time. And I think all of these things along with what you said, the Elton John stuff there, this was this sort of, hey, listen, we're good enough to compete with these bands. Let's let's put us on stage and show what we're made of, you know?
0: Well, see, it's interesting you say that because I grew up in a generation that's, that we all suffered from what was called a cultural cringe. Mm. I grew up in a time whereby when it came to music and the arts in general, anything from overseas was better than anything from Australia. It was a national psyche. It was a national conditioning that we weren't good enough, right? Mm. But then in the 80s, the wonderful 80s, Paul Hogan with Crocodile Dundee, Men at Work, Little River Band in the late 70s, there was an actual sense of tyranny of distance, right? It's like we actually realized, hey, shit, we're good enough. We're, we can actually compete with the best in the world. And I don't know about you guys, when I hear a divinal song come on the radio now or I hear a model song, Out of Mind, Out of Side, or or just you, you think to yourself, oh, they actually get better.
1: Yeah, to classics. Mm-hmm. To
0: the ear. They get better to the ear where you go, there's a classic line in um, "Standing in the Shadows of Motown" when one of the major session players from the Motown band, responsible for millions of millions of sales of hit singles and all the rest of it, and he said this. He said, "We didn't know we were making history. We just thought we were making music." you actually get down the line and have the benefit of hindsight and see what was created. I mean, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here or whatever. I was lucky enough to be one of those people in the right time at the right place where there were no rules. There was no, there was no event management schools. There was, no, it was none of that. It, it was like I, you did it by common sense, by what's power, as I said, by creativity and daring to dream of what could be before there was any pathway. To be part of a part of a group of people along with Michael Chug and Gdinsky and all the rest of us of building an industry, man, that was the time to time to be alive. That was really
3: good. <laughs>
2: Australian May, we we were fortunate to do an episode, you know, maybe about two years ago on it, and it's great having you on it now to sort of verify or um, uh, or eliminate certain contentions. But you know, in excess, there were literally I think about to go in to record Kick, and I think they might have debuted Mystify on that Australian May tour. Only played seven or eight songs each night, but you had to fit in the other bands in, and they were the, the headline act at the end. The video and the compilation put together, you know, was a big success. Um, the footage of just seeing the fans turn up in that era is something that is quite nostalgic too. Bringing eskies in and no phones and no internet, it was all about the moment. Oh, it was absolutely
0: about the moment, and again, we had no idea what we were doing. We we had an idea of what we're doing, but we there was a uh, there was a certain naivety about it. You know, like I, I'll never forget in Glad A. Baker's book, and I said this to Gary Grant recently, it's a picture of myself, Chris Murphy, Gary Grant, Richard McDonald, and the caption's underneath that says, the Young Turks in a production meeting. And I said, Gary, when did we move from Young ter- Turks to Old Farts? It's,
3: <laughs>
0: but the funny thing is I had the whole thing, myself and um, uh, John, oh, I forgot his name, we got the whole thing um Redigitized and released for its 30th, re release for its 30th anniversary. And the pictures really stand up and the energy really stands up and Mark Opitz's mix stands up and all the rest of it. And you actually stand back and you go, wow, that
2: was pretty freaking incredible. I think Melbourne typically turned on a cold, rainy day, didn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, we had a cold, rainy day in Melbourne. The highlight, the absolute highlight of the whole tour. And, and the other thing is, you know these days you can you know you'll have stadiums bending over backwards to get your business. back then, we had to go out to Cronoa um and that hurt us. I think we had twenty two thousand people or something like that. but um in Perth was Subiaco Oval and it had the big stands behind it and all the rest of it there were thirty thousand people there thirty thousand plus people that was that was the highlight that was just like that's when you know, If you could put lightning in a bottle and take it with you, that's what you'd want to take with you. It was was quite remarkable. we released it on dvds that was the last gasp of dvds and all that sort of stuff It's just something i'm quite proud of proud to be part of and it was a, it was really was a, a moment in time because there were no outdoor festivals there certainly weren't outdoor festivals for australian bills australian life and i'm pretty sure that was the first big one in terms of the national
2: tour any memories with In Excess' performances on those gigs and just the vibe surrounding the band because it felt like they just got that traction in America with Listen Like Thieves and just felt that they were about to be saying goodbye to Australia for a little bit and about to go conquer the world on the next album. Did you feel like there was that anticipation and excitement building? Funny thing you mentioned that and going back
0: to the movie, right? I remember, this. this is going to sound really weird when I say that, right? Watching Michael move on stage, right, he was a fucking god. <laughs> like, I, I'll never forget Mick Jagger came when I was promoting the kick tour. to called the, the Adelaide um, Memorial Drive. Yeah. And literally Mick Jagger turned up in the dressing room. And I was sort of like, everyone's jaw dropped. And I went over and I, Mark, oh Promoter, how are you? Please, to meet you, blah blah blah. Sat him down. And he started talking to Michael. I don't know whether this is true or not, but legend has it he was writing down notes and all the rest. Of it. It's
2: been spoken about before on our podcast by someone. <laughs> I, I, I don't Making know up. whether it's true or not. Yeah. But
0: the thing was, when I was younger, watching Michael move, there was a part of me that went, "Oh my god." You're amazing. And then there's another market part of it goes, all no, rest But no, seriously. But thirty years on, when I watched it without any hangouts, I watched him and I went, My God. That's, that's
1: incredible.
0: That's it was so sensual, so sexual, so rock god, it was like, fuck me, if only I could bust moves like that you know, but, but you don't I'll, have to. I'll, you don't have to convince my co-host on anything you've just said. Cool. <laughs> but I don't know whether I'm whether I'm I'm putting a noose around my neck by saying that. But i mm-hmm. 30 years on, being comfortable with himself and getting through life and all the rest of <laughs> it. I just looked at it and went, "My God, that's just fucking unbelievable! Yeah. Unbelievable." Mm-hmm. He was.
1: He ticked a lot of boxes, proper. did he, Michael? Didn't he? I'm sorry. He ticked a lot of boxes for a lot of people, Michael. Well, yeah, I knew I knew all the
0: girls were crazy about him and all the rest of it sort of thing, but but, and God. I never, I guess what I'm saying is I never really noticed, but later in watching, I went, my God, it's sort of like almost watching Rudolph Nureyev in ballet and all that sort of stuff. It's like it's such graceful moves, mm. such yeah. graceful yeah. moves and so powerful. I don't mean this with any disrespect, but... The remaining members of NXS were, were Aussie blokes, you know, mm. hanging out with Timmy and having a beer or or Johnny mm-hmm. or having a chat with Kirk and all the rest of it. But amongst amongst the suburban guys, and I mean that with no, I don't mean Oh, no,
2: you're right. Now Michael, was, Michael was international, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, a dog. He was, a, he was
0: it's like the boy who fell to work, you know. Where did he yeah. come from?
1: Where did he come from? want <laughs> him back.
4: What? Oh. Oh go, go, go.
1: Yeah, Yo. Do you
0: always do this before you go on stage, Kirk Yes, I always get dressed. I've lost weight. Why?
3: And happy birthday to Michael. Michael. Did you send him a present? Oh, no, we're, we're
4: going, going, to... going to. We're going to. When was football. your birthday? Thursday. Oh, you didn't tell that's, me. That's all right, anybody. That's 27. Were you? Yeah. How old are you, 14, going on 60.
2: Just tying up a Australian mate, uh, two little controversial ones. One, Midnight Oil, too precious to join the tour. And number two, mental as anything and the, the fallout with the managers, Chris and I think, was it Joey or the, the, the manager? Jeremy Fabini. Yeah. Well, I guess the common thread there is Chris Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: God bless you know. his soul. <laughs>
0: yes. Forgive my French when I say this, but. Chris Murphy was the type that pref- would prefer a fight to a fuck or a fee. He <laughs> relished the battle. The single word to describe Chris amongst all the other talents he had was fearless. You know, most people go, oh, they don't want to want to confront. It's like, no, let me at him, you know. <laughs> and he was terrier. The, from what I recall, there was already, I guess the common Australian term is bad butt, um, or maybe, maybe, Uber competitive, competitiveness. Now, you know that uh, Gary Morris was managing In Excess and came mm-hmm. up with the name and mm-hmm. asking the rest of it. I just think that was all about a dick swinging competition, if yeah. you know what I mean. And also the fact that um, Gary had probably learned not to trust Chris in terms of the, the billing and all the rest of it. I mean, um, when it came to Jimmy and In Excess, somebody had to go on second, uh, second last. Something. Yeah,
2: and oh. and you and you got that situation where if it's in excess management and yourself thought of the idea, and you go to midnight all, it's like, well, they didn't think of it, so it's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if they um, thought of and, it, I mean, man, imagine historically if
0: midnight all would have been on that freaking bill, And would have. And they could it. have rotated
2: the end each night, one in one city. Yeah, that, that's true. That's yeah. true. But they never oh, that's any, new, it never got any.
1: Great manager. <laughs>
2: me hey?
1: <laughs> rotate <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: pick a pick a pick a straw out of a hat say,
1: yeah.
2: i ain't headlining i ain't headlining brisbane i'm headlining the sydney one no 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 we <laughs> so you get you get a lot of that you yeah know? And, and the truth being you known
0: i almost like the idea of going on second last and uh, it's like we'll top that you know yeah and you got to be good to be able to headline a show like that and and to the credit, NXS was superb, and they had hits and hits and hits and hits, and, hits and,
2: mm. and all that sort of stuff. By the way, I think that was just before they released Kick. I'm pretty yeah. Pretty sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. They they, uh, they literally, I think, flew out a couple of weeks later to go start recording Kick uh, after the series. I, I, I think they might have had it in the bag,
0: and they were about to release it. We can check on that. Yeah, and the, the thing with Metal is anything. Like, uh, I did one of my best pitches ever. Because we had menal as anything actually open Australian made, they were on first. Yeah, you know, I was never into this pecking order bill situation. I I was always like wanting to break it up and all the rest. of it. And I came up with this concept, you know, we put putting best in the best in first, and I had them all dressed in cricket outfits. And when you go into bat, you send in your best batsman first, and the time yeah. actually had the clock with the time on and all the rest of it. Everyone had to sign. Uh, the contract for the filming, and it was to do with rights. I forget what it was all about. Jeremy put down the, the laid down the gauntlet and said, "Well, we're not signing it." And Murphy said, "Well, we're not filming it." And so they were never they were never filmed. It was like, you know, I know my strengths and I know what my not weaknesses, but I know what I'm not good at. And when it comes to heavy weight negotiation and legal negotiation and all that sort of stuff, particularly back then. I'd be sort of like, oh, I'm the marketing guy. I'm the traumatic guy.
3: <laughs> oh.
1: What did you learn from Murphy yourself?
0: Oh, I probably learned pretty much, pretty much everything I learned. And I learned from him what to do, and I learned what didn't work for me. That's the whole thing. And so, sort of like, we're all different in terms of how we respond, and I was sort of like, I guess he'd call me the good cop, and he'd really been the bad cop. Um hmm he had no he had no problem sleeping at night with that and all the rest of it you know if you're in a corner you'd want him in your corner if i could say this i've got so much more to talk about if you've got so much more to take but can we do it in bite-sized chunks possible oh, yes. yeah no
1: problem we had marco pits on and nick egan numerous times and we'd love to have you back the door is always open and yeah you're great yeah. wouldn't it
2: we said a Mark on the call last week, said, oh, if there's anyone who wants to edit out Lagos Main, I'm just going to put it all out there. I don't give a fuck what you do with it. <laughs> I
1: love that attitude. That is brilliant. And you That's live pretty... more away or by John then? Because John's there, isn't he?
0: No, well, I, I live at um, uh, the back of Lennox Head, a place called Nocro. Oh, nice. Around there, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm just down in Coffs Harbour, so I'm not too far away.
2: I know. I'll pop in and see you next time I drive. Just
1: oh, to- that would be nice. I need, a, I
2: need an extra set of specs, Mark. You can see the, the little label there with B. She'll give you uh, an OPS, OPSM special. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. I'm just going to spec to pick up my dollar
0: bill tomorrow. <laughs>
1: right, that's it. Bunning him. He's not going <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I had no idea I crossed the line there.
1: You have, right. mate. You have. Anyway, it's your your problem. You're the the infamous lenses.
2: <laughs> but having a recurring guest who are little chapters, little installments would 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 suit equally, you know. So, um, okay, like yeah. I said, you're the chef. You sort out of the gas uh, station menu how
0: you see fit. Yeah, and I'm I'm just delivering the uh the raw product.
1: Yeah. Well, Hayden's the director, and I'm the lackey.
0: Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, it not to work that way anymore, Hayden. Well, it, it's not quite how she says it, but uh, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with it just to be uh, agreeable. Oh, right, but it's not I've got to go because I'm going to uh, phone Peter Ricks who's just
0: called me. No okay. worries.
1: We'll speak uh, soon. Thanks for your time. Okay. Bye. Howdy. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Hi, this is Judd from New Hampshire, USA you're listening to in access all areas and now it's time for pleasure and pain
2: Be well, 1999 bit of a weird year for music, uh, end of a decade, end of a century, actually. And it was a bit of a weird time when I was thinking back to the songs when I was doing my research. I'm going, jeez, there was some ugly music at this time, and the world was turning, and there was different, you know, amalgams of styles coming around. I mean, we had this sort of uh angry white boy music around this time bands like The Offspring and Limp Biscuit and My Chemical Romance. And there's some of these bands out there, particularly Limp Biscuit, were pretty much known for their real angry, misogynistic rock. We had the birth of the Vakoda, which was the sure digital type recording thing, which Catchy song, but then you had all of these songs thereafter being almost digitally enhanced, so anyone can sing them. We had the birth of Britney Spears, which you know you could argue wasn't exactly Beatlesque. But then we had sort of these this weird stuff where dance music seemed to become a bit more of a commercially viable product. Bands like the Chemical Brothers, Basement Jacks, we had Massive Attack. You know, uh, we had uh, bands like Air, the French duo. Some really interesting acts were suddenly getting crossover appeal. Um, Daft Punk, you know, came in and. All these sort of bands and and dance acts that had some real credibility behind them, were suddenly getting some mainstream success and probably doing festivals. And there was a bit of a culture there, be I guess, where they were suddenly becoming a bit more uh, appealing to the record buying public. And Pop had sort of had come and gone by that stage. And. You know um i guess hopefully my 1999 sort of list here reflects a bit of a time and place for me and and songs that i like then that still resonate now amid some shockers that uh i've tried to avoid putting on here be that um uh i've sort of alluded to earlier like you know limp biscuit and of things so i will go to you to throw to the tracks and we'll come back and have a little chat about them back now. First one there was by a one in uh band called Sixpence, None the Richer, Kiss Me. Probably a song that's actually played at the MCG and a lot of footy ovals around the world who do the kiss cam uh, and things like that. I think just a great pop song at the time. Uh, it was a bit of a number one hit around the world and still sounds great. Sounds timeless, not exactly masculine in its sound. Showing my feminine side B But uh, I, I like the song There you go
1: Well it was nice to start off With a feminine song I really enjoyed that one Thanks Hayden What's next?
2: Number two Take a picture By the band called Filter Great vocal Great lyric um, Great escalation in the sounds a, a song that probably When you play back a few times It really takes you on a journey They're touring Australia very soon So I'd probably even go to their concert Just for that song alone Oh me too Number three Get What You Give uh, Band by The New Radicals uh, Came and went very fast uh, Lead singer more known For writing material Happened to co-write Remember Who's Your Man From the Switch album With uh, Andrew uh, Greg Alexander is his name Done a lot of work With Ronan Keating Uh, Done a lot of work With Think Also uh, Might be Murder on the Dance Floor. he might have done That track Co-written that Uh, He wrote You know Love and Each Day If It Was The Last Life is a Roller Coaster Great songwriter Uh Fourth uh, Relating back to Some of the dance stuff uh, Moby Could have put many songs uh, For this year Because Moby had about Nine singles Off his album Eighteen but the song Body Rock uh, I thought was a, a real anthem and a great energy drive that uh, still pulsates to this day and I first heard back in 1999. Next song we had was Canned Heat by Jamiroquai, affectionately also known for the Napoleon Dynamite soundtrack, B. I don't know if you remember the movie, yeah, but uh, it good. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Napoleon's funny. dance moves to Jamiroquai's <laughs> yeah. "Can Heat is uh, particularly good. exciting, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the band Canned Heat from the 60s.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic live.
2: Who is next? Also to the next one, B, bit of a favourite of yours, the Chemical oh, Brothers. I yeah. uh, got Let Forever <laughs> Be and Hey Boy, Hey Girl. Yep. First one, Let Forever Be, being sung by Noel Gallagher, yeah. who's a real fan of the band. He was. Uh, and Hey Boy, Hey Girl uh, channels a lot of the Tomorrow Never Knows uh, song by the Beatles off Revolver uh, in its own way. Second last track, Lullaby by Sean Mullins. Great sort of Californian lyric, uh, song, a song that lists uh, Hollywood Hills and stars like Sonny and Dennis Hopper and Cher and things. The chorus is a killer still, which I love. And the very last one, the uh, last track off Michael's posthumous album, the uh, Mike Hutchins sung and Bono backup vocal slide away. Would have been a hit worldwide if YouTube management didn't suppress it. Bono, if he had done the, the circuit and and promoted it, it would have uh, definitely been a hit because it's such a great song and such a meaningful lyric uh, my last one we got a chance to hear there i'm sure you'll have a great list i'm sure i'll have a part b on my 1999 list but again to reiterate it was a really interesting year where so many styles were blending and music was trying to figure itself out in a commercial and artistic uh space there but thank you beef for having me allow me to do pleasure and pain
1: Hi, this is Lisa Mack from Brisbane, Australia. Hey, check out the Inexcess Tribute Band page on the Inexcess Access All Areas website and get all of the full tour dates. And now it's time for Gig Watch with Hayden and B. Cheers! Okay, everybody. So, upcoming shows for Don't Change. We have Friday the 13th of October at The Gov in SA. And Saturday the 14th of October at The Gov again. Um, Friday the 20th of October at the Calumbar Hotel in Calumbar. And Friday the 27th of October at the SB in St Kilda. One of my favourite venues. And also Saturday the 28th of October at the Shopping Town Hotel in Doncaster in Victoria. In Excessive in Sydney are playing on the 13th of October at the uh, Junior um, Kingford in Sydney. In Excessive in Melbourne are playing at the Western Port Hotel in Hastings in Victoria on the 14th of October. On the 20th of October at the Knox Club. And on the 21st of October at the um, Mullawalla Ski Club um, in Mullawalla. And on the 27th of October, the Republic Bar in Hobart, Tasmania. And on the 28th of October, they're playing at the Civic Centre in Port Arthur. John Stevens is playing at the Hope Good Theatre in Adelaide on the 13th of October, the 19th at the Glass House in Port Macquarie, and the 20th by the Sea Park Beach Reserve. Woohoo! See you there, John. Lib live, Baby live are on at the 13th at the um, In the Hunter and on the 21st they're at the Beer Shed Brewing Company in Campbelltown and on the 27th of October they're at the um, on a Sydney Harbour cruise um from Piemont that'll be cool. The Australian In Excess show with my gorgeous Delacoma um, they are playing on the 13th at the Kara Lyka Centre in Ringwood in Australia and In Excess UK I would suggest go to their website. Or to their Facebook page, but they're playing in Safe Shields very soon, which is near Newcastle. We love Ian and the boys, so go support them too. XS Sensation and um, the NXS Experience in California. We have a few shows there. We've got the 13th of October at the Britannia Arms in San Jose in California, and also on the 22nd they're at the Seascape Resort in California as well. And two bands here that are very similar in the US. We've got Mr. Five who are in Kansas and they've just played at the Anzac in um, California so I would just um, go onto their website and see where they're playing next but the Mystified um, Southern California Tribute Band they are going to be playing um, very soon in uh, around Christmas time so I suggest go and check out their website John Russell Pressy and the New Sensation Boys down in Seattle they're playing in November so I would suggest going back onto their website and that's it um, the Resort and Casino at Marysville and The Crocodile in Seattle coming soon in November. And that's Dig
0: From Hi,
4: this is Katie from England.
0: know, it's Paul from Sydney.
2: Hi, this is Ella from the Netherlands. This is Dr. Jim and that's a wrap. All right, baby, that's a wrap, but uh, you got a really important announcement to make uh, something to do with a Miss Murphy.
1: Yeah, so um, Stevie, who is Chris Murphy's daughter, put something out on Instagram a couple of days ago and this is what she wrote. And it comes from uh, the Sugar Beach Ranch. In just two weeks' time, our very own Stevie will be dancing her little heart out for Dancing with the Stars, Northern Rivers, in collaboration with the Council, New South Wales, for her late father, Christopher Murphy, who sadly passed away in 2021. A wealth of life experience with managing the Australian rock band in excess, meeting the Queen and playing polo with Prince Charles, Chris lived an exceptional life, but always made time for his family and friends and especially a dance with his eldest daughter, Stevie. Stevie wishes to keep his his legendary memory alive and draws as much awareness and support for those also affected by the disease. I'm dancing for him and dancing for me, it's part of my healing process but most of all to help raise monies to support the Cancer Council in their efforts to create awareness and prevention about cancer. Dad's cancer journey was swift, from diagnosis to passing from less than three months. I barely had a moment to understand what was happening, but the team of doctors who treated him and the counselling system through the hospital were very supportive. If you were lucky enough to meet my dad and luckier to still dance with him, then you would also know he would want you to support this cause, um, Stevie. Her absolute dedication for this event and meeting the goal of 5,000 for the cause is backed by her cherished memories and drive her forward. We have provided a link in the bio for Stevie's donation page. We cannot wait to see the performance and all the other dancers involved in the finale. will be held at the Byron Theatre on Saturday, the 14th of October, Get your tickets now, go Stevie. We are behind you all the way.
2: Yeah, well, that's lovely. You know, I think that um, anyone who's lost a family member to an illness that, to these days, doesn't always have immediate cures, is a worthy cause. And you know, we we hope that people can get behind it, and maybe that's something we can get behind as well, and, and, and encourage uh, a little fundraiser or do something there as well with which um, I guess we like doing and probably ties in also to our next one and that is we've got Ollie's album with all the signatures, The one that I failed to send in the mail properly. We're going to raffle with that, B. What's the format for that and how do we sort of get that initiated or going? Is there a date where we can commence that off?
1: Yes, I'm going to add to it actually, Hayden. So um, um, so yeah, it, it, very kind of you, Hayden, to uh, have made this happen in a way and very, very kind of, of Michael Spriggs to do this. Yes, so please, yeah, please. Either um, there'll be a link in the description of this episode, or just go over to our website and have a look in the episode section there, and then you'll be able to purchase a uh, ticket, um, and you can um, buy a ticket either for the album that um, we've we've provided there, with all the signatures. From the Rooms for the Memory, which is a stunning album in itself. Never mind just collecting all those signatures, a rare one to have of Ollie's. And also going, going back, 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 back. But Chris Cafaro donated a gorgeous photo of, uh, sorry, a print of Michael Hutchins. That's been also re donated to Four More Funds for Ollie. So you can actually purchase a ticket for that too. So there's two raffle prizes. Get your two tickets at $20 each.
2: Now, we have a couple of exciting guests coming up on the show. Again, uh, they're virtually going to be announced uh, in the next few days uh, once confirmation is there. But uh, I know B, I've given you a little bit of the inside, sort of uh, good oil on these. So once it's official in the can, we can absolutely guarantee we will let you know. Well, uh, a teaser,
1: everybody he has been mentioned.
2: He has been mentioned a few times. We've mentioned a lot of people today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but we'll people haven't and- been.
2: <laughs> well, imagine it run from Brian Johnson of AC. Uh, to could it
1: be Simon Le Bon? It, could, could it, it be, be Tom oh. More? <laughs>
2: yeah. But um, B, we've got a tribute song we're going out with today, and uh, I couldn't think of more relevant song. Uh, and there's a few funny little tie-ins here, B. But uh, there's a song that I found that has come out in 1999 that I didn't mention. It's probably a guilty pleasure for me, uh, but the lyric is a bit of a, a gift uh, from me and our fans to you. Okay. And it's by a lady who's more known for her cool acting in her TV shows in the last few years. But back in 1999, she was one of the more popular stars in the UK. Uh, her name was Billy Piper, and her song is called Honey to the Bee. Oh! <laughs> so I thought that uh, would be a cool little song to go out as a happy birthday to you. It's very catchy. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that I'm in touch with my Billy Piper in a, in a love, but I couldn't help but with this lyric saying, Honey to the Bee, that's you for me. Okay. So uh, we'll go out with a bit of Honey to the Bee. Formerly married to Chris Evans, P, who was in yeah. Michael. So a little bit of a tie in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great song and great sentiment. And-
1: well. Happy Thank birthday, you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You're very kind to me. Well, today you've been really Thank kind. You. No, I'm joking.
2: No, she's not. Uh, it's, it's a goodbye from me.
1: And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody.
4: Come on, buzz me up to heaven, baby. Mm-hmm. Honey to the bee. Go. easy as a breeze those words just flow, I float on air you' many your love so sweet like an apple flower, I'm dizzy from the time we spent together, I need that honey drip every hour, I'm thinking about your sugar.
0: And you've been listening to In Access, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.